0: If you are a mental health professional who wants to have a bigger impact on the world, help more people, and grow your business all at the same time, then you're in the right place. With every episode, we're here to help you discover new ideas, gain new insights, and get the step-by-step strategies that you need to grow your private practice with confidence. I'm Sarah Gershon, and along with my co-host, Howard Baumgarten, we welcome you
1: to PsychViz. We're so glad you're here. Sarah, hey, how you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Doing great. We're I'm really excited because today we're going to cover some new material that our listeners haven't heard yet. And um, you know, uh, we just finished the listening to Lisa Ibequi, and what a wonderful uh, therapist and group practice owner she is. Um, she's really uh, she really showed us. Uh, And our listeners, I think, um, some really amazing and bold uh, business ventures that she has going on. And so if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, uh, look her up. Uh, She's the first podcast of the year. And uh, we're we're here today and we're going to roll on with some new material.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great.
1: You know, last year, I was just reflecting on last year a little bit and... Um, I know we, we did that last time too, but, um, we sort of did a hodgepodge of different things. We interviewed some really interesting people, mm-hmm. um, and people who have written lots of books and, and whatnot, but we also talked about, you know, I, am reflecting, we talked about compassion, fatigue, awareness, yeah. burnout, and, and, uh, a topic that I think is still going on for a lot of people.
0: Oh, 100%. Um, don't you agree? Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and are you finding that that's true in the people that you're building websites for, the therapists?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people feel stretched thin right now. There's a lot going on in society and in the world that I think is placing a lot of extra burden on people. Um, so 100% I think people are feeling that pressure and also just fatigue and 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 that different issues have been going on for a long time and everybody's tired of trying to deal with them and keep real life going at the same time. So it's, it's a lot and it affects people in really concrete ways.
1: Yeah. And we, you know, we talked about marketing and websites early on in the season and, you know, this could be a good time to dial back and, you know, as, as we're getting more of a handle on this pandemic and understanding the balance of virtual and in-person therapy and, and managing finances, you might think that, you know, maybe you, the listener, um, uh, is ready to start thinking about redoing your website, for example. And, um, you know, Sarah, uh, definitely is the person for that.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Of course. Um, because, you know, this, this whole podcast started because of our relationship and working on my website. And I think, you know, uh, you, you're constantly looking for ways to be resourceful. And having a website is one of the most important ways um, to resource your um, ability to be able to market and put yourself out there. And so we talked about that last year. We talked about a number of other things, marketing and networking. And we are um, really about to kind of move into some very practical material, um, I think, that, that for those of you who really like to logic things and get things written out. I think you're going to like this. Um, yeah. Today's episode is about really going internal. And so, you know, it's funny that I mentioned uh, just a moment ago compassion and uh, compassion fatigue and, and burnout and compassion because um, this episode is really going to be about why are you doing private practice in the first place? I almost wish that we would have started this off with that, but it's okay because the reality is, is that I don't think that our world has any rhyme or reason to it (laughs) anyway. We often find ourselves walking right into something and, um, you know, you and I were talking about what are we going to do this year? And, um, you know, in our brainstorm session, the ideas just really flowed and we thought, you know... The curriculum that I taught at the university is so pertinent in a very practical way, and I no longer teach it. I know other professors uh, and other programs, counseling programs, teach a curriculum like mine, and many of them use my book, Private Practice Essentials. And so as we were brainstorming, we thought for you, the listener, it would be really beneficial to have a condensed version of the course that I developed at the University of Colorado um, and that that condensed version could serve in a way as a side template for the book Private Practice Essentials and maybe even as a portal for helping you uh, and helping support you take the risks that you need to take in terms of building your practice and that might include engaging sarah down the road for a website it might include talking with me uh, individually for some consultation uh, or hopefully it can be also a standalone for you the podcast itself uh, and or the book and so we've really put together uh, several episodes here today we're going to really talk about why are you doing this (laughs) Why, why did you get into this? And, and when I was uh, working at the University of Colorado, um, teaching this program, which maybe I should give a little background to that. Sarah, do you, would you? Would yeah, you
0: absolutely. Over? Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. So um, after I graduated from the graduate program that I was in, I stayed in touch with several professors at the time Uh, they were very meaningful in my life and I thought it important to maintain contact and they had me come and speak about private practice how is your practice going and what are you doing and you know and give little pointers to students and one day I'm having lunch with this professor of mine who again it's two three four five years after I graduate and we're sitting at this uh uh restaurant and I said you know Marsha, we ought to think about, have you ever thought about doing this as a class? And she said, well, we did one time a long time ago, and the professor that we hired just didn't work out, and um, unfortunately, it wasn't a success. And I said, oh, that's too bad. I said, I think it would be a really good program for students to be able to academically examine building a business if they had an interest in private practice and it could be an elective and it would be a really interesting thing. And she turns to me and she says, will you teach it?
0: Wow, that's great.
1: And so, of course, I sat there with her and on a napkin, I think I still have the napkin. We were brainstorming ideas and writing up different things that we could do. And it really became the template for what was the design of I later perfected this curriculum that um, I taught really for about 12 years. And it was a joy. I had a wonderful time. It was probably the first of its kind housed in a graduate counseling program. Um, and so I feel very much um, proud of my efforts to pioneer some kind of legitimate curriculum revolving around business. And so, uh, you know, now there are programs counseling programs that have private practice development courses at universities such as Pepperdine and Loma Linda University, and I know that for a fact because I've spoken been invited by the distinguished professors that teach that course um, because they're using my book as a um, textbook for that course. So um, that's where the curriculum started. And today's installment is one of the most um, sort of like kick-starting installments. I would do this with my students where we would all gather together. And I would ask them, why are you taking this class? And why are you even in graduate school and in the counseling program to begin with? And my students would ask me, well, I've never really thought about that. This is sort of, I've only thought about it to write. For my application, or I thought about it in my own therapist's office before I, you know, went into graduate school. But um, this was more of a let's let's think about it now, okay? And so the reason that I emphasize the why, and 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 the reason that I emphasize it in the beginning before we get into really planning and structuring a business in private practice is you really want to be able to stick to your values and you want Mm -hmm. to have your own unique definition. So defining who you are as a practitioner and why you're going into private practice are two essential keys to building your business.
0: Well, and that's kind of the idea on the very popular, you know, TED talk of start with why, right? Which is that no matter what undertaking you're doing, whether it's being a therapist or, you know, any sort of business venture or whatever, a long term goal, that you kind of have to start with and be rooted in a real understanding of what's motivating you, why you care about this, why you're dedicating your time and your resources, and in a lot of ways yourself to achieving this goal. And that by really understanding The reasons behind it. It really changes the way you pursue your goal. It really changes the way you think about things and it keeps you centered and focused with this central understanding and commitment to, this is why I'm doing this. And then that means that when you're making decisions, should I do things A, B, or C, going back to that kind of core understanding makes a a big difference in in getting that clarity that you need.
1: Well, yeah. And for example, I bet you do this with your initial appointment when you're starting to do, um, you know, get somebody onboarded for their website. And do you, do you talk to them a little bit about what are your goals for the website? Well, for sure.
0: yeah, Yeah. And I mean, part of that too is right. Some people are doing, want more clients. And so that's going to kind of change and inform a lot of the strategy and the structure that we use moving forward because we're in the mode of trying to get clients. Other people have all the clients they can handle, but they're going to be writing a book and they want a platform where they're going to have their, you know, their kind of scholarly and, you know, establish their authority or their, trying to do more public speaking and they want to kind of work on that or they're gonna start offering workshops. So those goals really are central to what we do and the kind of strategy that we use um, moving forward.
1: That's great, yeah. So really the why um, and the values come into play in almost everything we do. And so to have that information written out um is really important. So what I would do with my students is they had to write a three page paper. just no they had to condense it into three pages. Uh-huh. and it they really it was due like the following week. so I, but I really wanted them to imagine, you know, why am I doing this? and and um you know, at a deep level. Uh, and 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 the other reason that I, the other reason that I asked for that is, so that they had an understanding of am i going into this field for the right reasons so this was another one of those points right
0: so i'm just curious like when you say for the right reasons that implies that there are wrong reasons so i'm just interested like what does that what does that mean well, and how does a person discover them like if you don't really know like if it's right. unclear to you like how do you work through that process of figuring that out
1: i love that question Well, first of all, the aspiration paper is partly a vehicle for that itself, right? So in other words, as they're writing about it, it's an indicator um, also of like, for example, if a student says, I'm going into this because, uh, you know, of my own trauma, and uh, I I hope that uh, I want to be able to teach other students, I'm sorry, other clients um, about what trauma is all about, because I've learned so much about trauma, that sounds pretty healthy, right? Mm -hmm. But what doesn't sound very healthy is I was really traumatized. um, And, um, you know, I really feel like I want to help people through trauma because it makes my trauma feel better. when I.
0: Oh, I see. That's interesting. Yeah. No, I can see the difference between Uh, those.
1: Right. And so when I see that, when I see a student that comes back with something like that, And it's rare that I did. A lot of the, you know, of course, you know, it it becomes an an extra set of eyes of screening. That doesn't mean that the student or the person who's going into private practice shouldn't go in. It just means that maybe they need to look at that a little bit deeper and say, "Wow, you're going to have a lot of transference and counter countertransference, and you've got to work some of that out because you're out there on your own in private practice." And you've got some issues that may not be quite differentiated enough and Mm solved enough for you to be able to not only treat clients but manage the business itself, right? And so it became a sort of a secondary process of making sure that that you know that that the that I I or you are at the at the right place uh, to to be able to go on this journey right? And if you're not, it doesn't mean you don't go on the journey. It means maybe you need to resource yourself, get into some therapy, wait, Um, you know, maybe maybe you're you're the person who's going to go and work in an agency for a couple of years because you need to grow your wings a little bit more rather than go right into private practice, um, depending on where you are in your life. And so that aspiration or personal assessment of your values and why you're doing this becomes really important.
0: And I can imagine, yeah, and I can imagine that it would also be similarly super important for someone who's been doing this for a long time, in part because of the compassion fatigue and other issues and the burnout that we've talked about. So sometimes after you've been, you know, doing this for a very long time, it, I imagine, is easy to kind of lose some of those really foundational um you know, thoughts and ideals that you came into things with, and it gets a little bit lost in the day-to-day work and, and everything. And so taking some time to really go back and think, why did I get into this? Why do I keep doing it? It right. can way, be really helpful.
1: Sorry to talk over you, but I got to tell you that, that, that this, that is a great point you just made. Doing an aspirations assessment um, or a why assessment or values assessment, however you want to look at it, Is not just something you do at the beginning of starting your practice. I I do it all the time. I'll I'll step back and reflect and go, why did I get into this? And and am I aligned with my goals? And am I aligned with my values? And that brings me right back into my business plan after I do that process. We'll be talking about business plans in, in, in the next episode, but this is really important. So I'm really glad you brought up the point. Okay. So, so far I've talked about two things. One is why it's important to do the why, right? Um, and and the aspirations. Um, two is it's a gut check, right? It's am I ready? And and can can I really, um, you know, is this the right time? And is this, is this the right decision to go into private practice or to change something in my existing practice, right? If I'm doing an evaluation halfway through my practice, let's say. And the third point is what goes into this type of work? Like what goes into this um, paper that I have the students write? Um, And this is just a guidepost sort of, or a guideline for people who are like, I don't really know where to start. So what I always say in this third point is we're going to break it into three objectives. Okay. Objective number one, what am I passionate about right now? What are my passions? Right? Like, my passion might be trauma work. You know, I really want to work with people. I was talking about trauma in a, a moment ago. My passion might be trauma work. My passion might be helping uh, troubled teens, right? It could be a number of things. So you write about the, you know, that's part of the aspiration, right? What are my passions? The second thing is what experience do I already have that back up my passions, that, that, that hold a space for my passions, right? So for example, before I went into graduate school, I was working in an adolescent treatment center and so um you know it supported my passions for working with kids and adolescents right. right and so i was able to write the passion part of it and then to write what skill set do i already have and then part b of part 2 is what skill set do i need right oh so you
0: notice and that yeah. the the places where you need to stretch yourself get more support more education right yeah what
1: trainings what what other trainings do i need to go to what what, if I'm still in graduate school, what courses do I want to take? I mean, I, I wanted to learn more about fam, couples and family therapy, so I did the couples and family track because I knew as a systems thinker, I'm passionate about, being, about systems, that I wanted to um, learn more about both um, working with couples and families and individuals. The third and final part is where, and this is a little bit different from skills and passion, where... Is where, where where are my intellectual interests pointing right now? What do I want to learn? About? For example, I love neuroscience. I love brain stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day when I was first doing my my own aspirations, it was all about cognitive behavioral therapy. I was like, man, I'm really fascinated about cognitive behavioral therapy, and I want to learn about that. And I I was totally into Albert Ellis, who probably many of you listeners. Remember, but don't think is might be outdated, but still very foundational. Um, I love his work, actually. Um, uh, I, I loved Viktor Frankl and the existential movement, and Irving Irving Yalom, and and these folks. And so, you know, your intellectual interest will shift and change over time. But this is a snapshot of where am I right now. So, the challenge that I want you, the listener, to do, is to write a paper. Um, you know, maybe two or three pages. Uh, do some journaling, however you envision this, and maybe write about your current skills, what kind of skills you need in the future. What are your to support your passions? Of course, what are your passions? I meant to say that first, um, and then um, where are your intellectual interests right now? What 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 are you interested in learning about? Just for the sake of learning in the field, okay? That's going to shape your business plan. So. There you have it. The three main things about getting started with moving toward a business plan and, and and even revamping it if you're already in practice.
0: Sounds like such a great activity. We hope you guys take some time and work on that. We'd love to have comments. If you find it helpful, tell us about how it helped and the kind of difference that it made. If there are other activities like this that you think that would be great, um, leave us a comment about those too.
1: Sounds great. And we'll have all this, uh, key points in the show notes as well. Okay, great. Good to see you, Sarah. Good to see
0: you too. Bye. Bye.
1: We hope you found today's episode thought provoking and helpful. We'd love to know what you think. So leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. You can find the show notes and additional resources at psychbiz.com. Thank you for listening.